0: Alco Torres takes the measure and finishes down the middle. First shot of the match from Orlando City. Past Carlos Coronel, and the Lions roar into a 1-0 lead.
1: Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Orlando Soccer Show. Uh, I would say it's been a while since you've heard from from us, but it's it's mainly just me because, well, these guys have been doing pre- and post-game shows. So for those of you who haven't been paying attention, the Orlando Soccer Show pre-game and Orlando Soccer Show post-game shows are available. The pre-game show for this game against Cincinnati is going to be coming up later this week. And the post-game show from the game against the Red Bulls, it's a nice little 20-minute recap of uh, what happened in that 90 minutes of soccer. So that's already up on the uh multitude of places that you can find this podcast including Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio and which is the other one? Amazon. Amazon Podcasts. That's, Amazon that's podcast. one of the Oh, we 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 are everywhere, Gavin. That that is the voice of Gavin eubank Kyle Foley is also joining us. My name's Austin David. Um this show is going to be pretty much just any final thoughts that we didn't talk about during the post game show, and a little just hint of what is the pre pre show of the Cincinnati game, uh, we'll save that for for Thursday or Friday whenever we decide to drop that, and hopefully we'll have a special guest to join us to help preview that game. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And we'll talk a little bit about the Pride, uh, the last couple preseason games that they've played, uh, who looked good, who didn't look good, just kind of general thoughts. They don't play their regular season opener in, for another month. So there's still a lot of time for the Pride to talk about them. And then there's Central Florida Crusaders. The men and women played in Tampa this past weekend. And uh, wow, it was wild. And so I'll recap all of that. Then we'll do our usual end of show stuff. So red cards, weird news, etc. Sound good, guys? Sound like a great plan? I think so. Indeed. Fantastic. All right, well... As we talked about, or you guys talked about, the one nothing victory for Orlando City was definitely 90 minutes of soccer that was played, though in terms of the quality of soccer, well, it's still kind of preseason for everyone. There's not much to say about it uh, outside of what was already said, but I-, I found it funny when I was talking to Oscar Pereja after the game, and someone, I-, I forget who asked him about, I think it was, it was Mike. He asked him, like, you know, were you worried about not getting any, any, you know, shots on goal in the first half? And he said something along the lines of, like, I, you know, I turned to my assistant, Diego, and I'm like, he was looking at the stats. He's like, Diego, we didn't take a shot in the first half. And Diego was like, I know. And then Oscar said, But I liked how we played. We just need to shoot more. So I told the guys, go shoot more. And then they did.
2: Technically, the- technically, adding, you know, three more shots is, is shooting more. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I mean, you know, Orlando was one of the worst teams, I want to say 25th, 24th or 25th in the league last year, in non-penalty expected goals per game. So it should come as no surprise that, one, they didn't have a single attempt on goal in the first half, so no expected po- goals. And... Eighty percent of like their point of their one full expected goal came from a penalty kick. So, yeah, the trends the trends have lined up for game one. Oscar balls back, everybody.
1: One nothing win, just as we all expected. But hey, it's yeah. the first game of the season. Like you, you, yeah. you still have Martino hit adjusting. You still had not a hundred percent performances from, uh, Robin Janssen and Cesar Araujo. They didn't look 100% in terms of their sharpness. It's going to be some growing pains in the first couple of weeks. Like they, they got to understand where these guys are going to be and how they play and everything. So give it yeah, some time. I mean- And, 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 you know, and it should be, like, noted, like, Red Bull is a really
2: good team, you know? Unlike Orlando, which saw, what, four new, like, regular starters compared to last season, a bunch of new players on the team. Red Bull had almost their entire starting 11 come back from being one of the better teams in the East last year. So, I mean, they're in a much better shape together than Orlando City is. And, you know, the fact that Orlando was able to look like that and still get all three points, I mean... I don't know how anyone can walk away from that and say, like, that was a bad night. You know, they won.
1: That that automatically makes it a good night. Right. And, and you can, listen, you can pick apart performances all you like. But at the end of the day, a three points is three points. And I've heard Oscar say that so many times over the last couple of years. It is kind of silly. But mm-hmm. he's got a point. They won. You know, mm-hmm. they, had a, they had an expected goals of 1.07 because of the penalty. But outside of that, it was pretty uh, non-existent and they got a win. That's it. They attempted six shots in the entire game, and that was the uh, lowest total for any team in a game so far this year.
2: Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> probably probably the least exciting game of, of opening night, to
1: say the least. Hey, hey, but you know what? You know what, Gavin? They won another opener. Yeah. Do you want to know was... something else, Gavin? Huh. They've never lost an
0: opener.
2: I already knew that, Austin. No, no, we
0: no. We no. haven't. Gavin, you, Gavin, you, you would already know this if you would listen to our game No, no, no. Show.
1: <laughs> I'm not even just talking about MLS guys. I'm talking ever like USL. They've never lost a home opener. Which it's funny
2: when you think about the fact that like they're great at home on opening day,
1: and then they are pretty buns the rest of the year at home. They got all that hype, yeah. Building up to the excitement, you had the banner, guys. Let's talk about the banner. They raised yeah. the U.S. Open Cup banner. It's not just the banner; it's three banners. And speaking of USL, they had the 2011 and 2013 championship banners up there. That was a nice little touch. Uh, I actually got to talk to Mark Wilf, the chairman of Orlando City, and I know Gavin. You you appreciated the quote that he made in terms of recognizing the history, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read it to you here. So he said, and I quote from Mark Wilf, we have a short history, but it's already a rich history. We want to honor that. We understand that teams and great clubs are built on history and great history. So we're going to have a great history wall on the east side of the stadium. Our fans can learn a little bit about what's been done before. And we do want to recognize all the victories, excitement, and energy that has led to Exploria Stadium, to the U.S. Open Cup trophy, and soon to be, hopefully, MLS Cup trophies. So we want to honor that legacy and history. And Gavin, I know you, you tweeted something along the lines of when was this, when was the last time you would heard heard about Orlando city recognizing its history? But again, it's a new regime. It's a new chapter in this team's history, which they are all the good and all the bad they are recognizing. Like Mark said, that's what makes up this team, whether it's the, the trophies or the bad years, all of it plays a part.
2: Yeah, no. And I mean, and and one thing that really stood out to me too is Kay Rollins. Obviously, she is, you know, the co founder of this club. She tweeted out yesterday such a special start to the season as we finally honor our past. The supporters, players, coaches, and owners who built Orlando City. Thank you to the Will family. This means a lot. And I think for her, she obviously knows the story of Orlando as better as, you know, as best as anybody. And you know like you said from 2015 on or i guess you know kind of 2014 on, but really when they got into mls and they were done with usl it was almost like that never happened like the first four years of the club or you know five six years if you want to go back to the days as as the aztecs in austin but Mm -hmm. it was almost like that didn't exist and there's reasons for it and you know most of us can, can sit here and, and obviously disagree with the reasons for why that the previous regime felt it was necessary to pretend like this was a fresh new club and a fresh start and but you know like like Mark said, this club is it's a short history, but it is a history and it is something that for fans that have been here, um, you know, predating the MLS era. You know, I I only started kind of supporting Orlando City and being a part of Orlando City since um, the late 2013, but right before that uh, that final championship, uh, fill the bowl, you know, all that stuff. But it to have pretended all these years like it didn't exist, like it didn't, you know, all of that didn't happen. Like that, those moments are what put Orlando City here. Like that's why we're all here. Is because that stuff happened. Um. And, and yeah, you know, I'm I'm just glad that it, we can finally go back to acknowledging that. And, you know, I'm excited to see what the club has moving forward. You know, these are obviously kind of feels like just a start. There's been a lot of hints at some more, you know, homages to come down the road. So I'm excited to see what that ends up being. Jersey that's the hope
1: that's the hope for everyone i'm sure the, I've,
2: red jersey, I've heard it. The, the red jersey and the rotating lion statue those are the two things we're all <laughs> begging
1: for you know i can tell you one thing that's going to happen potentially and one that will never happen <laughs> and I, i'll let you the, guess the ro-
0: which one that is rotating lion statue 100% happening the red jersey probably not <laughs> happening mls rules you know you know how it goes just put it to you this way where where in the stadium are they putting this giant rotating
1: lion statue well it's it's right outside they, right got, four <laughs> they got four roofs
2: four roofs on the stadium
1: no they if anything they can do that like digitized lion that like jump like if you put like vr goggles on or something you see it like climb down from the roof oh, remember,
2: remember you're that thinking about the charlotte or the panthers thing aren't you
1: yeah that's it <laughs> just do that oh, god it's easy honestly i'm pretty sure listen i'm pretty sure a lot of season ticket holders still have that uh season ticket package from from years ago i think it was 2016 or 17 where it was like the vr headset where you put your phone in and then you just like look through it i'm pretty sure a lot of fans have that and didn't throw it away
2: (laughs) (laughs) wasn't that for like looking at your seat because the stadium hadn't opened yet
1: It was that plus some like VR content that they actually filmed, and then they realized it was too intensive to do, and then they (laughs) kind of just didn't. Um, It was a good effort.
2: Part of that that Lion Nation thing that like never got off the ground.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that, it's been a a work in progress for years now, um, and they haven't quite figured out how to best utilize it. Mm -hmm. There's potential in it. But it's just a matter of trying to figure out what that potential its best potential is i would imagine too that now with apple the content focus is pretty much going to that also correct yeah in terms of like getting there there, i don't think there's any more subscription to lion nation where you have to like pay money to to get like exclusive content because that's just going to be apple uh they don't have like the team just doesn't have the resources to be able to put exclusive content on lion nation mix it in with apple and then mix it in with just general club content like that that's just too much to ask right now and plus you know i don't think they really need to nickel and dime fans right now they're they're already paying for for season tickets and all that so i think that being more open and, and available to fans rather than trying to close them off behind paywalls more paywalls uh is probably the the right step yeah outside of the u.s open cup banner and all of the the history behind that. Guys, there's there's not just one game this week. There's two. And that's within a span of a couple of days. I I'm talking about the span of the next week. Because Orlando City travels to Mexico to play Tigres almost like a day after they play Cincinnati at home. So they play on Saturday, they leave Sunday, train Monday, oh, play Tuesday. Oh,
2: They're leaving Sunday to go to Tigres. Pretty sure. Yeah, that's going to be a rough one. I mean, if you're – I feel like what's tough, too, is, I mean, this is – on one hand, you want to play, you know, against a really good team before you head to Tigres. On the other hand, you now have to try to balance competing against FC Cincinnati, which is, by most accounts, you know, one of the better teams in the East, one of – you know. A they're much better contender. than they used to be. Yeah, sh- yeah. After a three-time wooden spoon, they are now in talks to be a shield contender this year. I mean, and then like you said, two days later on Tuesday night, they're going to be playing in Concacaf Champions League. So the the timing's not great. Um, what, I mean, what are you curious to what you guys think? Like, what do you do if you're Orlando? Do you well play it's funny, most it's starters and rest them? Or
1: it's funny you mentioned that, Gavin, because I actually talked to Oscar about that earlier today. And he had some very interesting answers. So when I asked him about just in terms of the rotation of the squad, uh, he said, uh, and I'll, I'll give kind of a general quote of what he said to me. He said, uh, it's a good question because, uh, you know, including of how soon it is to try and determine the rotation, if, if it is right now, uh, which is straining because with Cincinnati, that's what we're doing. And, and then we can see in the uh, panoramic v- view Uh, how our schedule is, and obviously we try and make a decision about that on the night. But the good news is that we have a very complete squad, and now obviously the boys are ready. Uh, We see who and when people need to be rotated, who's not, and when, and that's the same. Uh, I think we are all responsible for just taking every game one at a time and try to solve that one instead of just seeing too many games in front of us. So at this time, it's one at a time. Uh, it's very yeah, that's, non-standard that's... coach speak. Take it one game at a time. <laughs>
0: so let's let's give the real answer. The correct answer here is when you're wondering which one should be prioritized, it should be not MLS because as we have learned from the new playoff system, regular season games, despite what they're saying, don't actually matter that much. So as, focus as on... much
1: as much,
0: right? Uh, so you let's... still need to like. There's still a bar where you miss the playoffs. Sure, doesn't doesn't matter as much. I'd focus on the Concacaf Champions League. Well, Priorita- prioritize how, how many in the same what, what, way when, in, when you, in the same way that U.S. Open Cup was prioritized last year. I think you prioritize yeah. Concacaf Champions League this year. Yeah, because here's the thing:
1: you automatically qualify for the U.S. Open Cup.
0: You automatically qualify for
1: competing in the U.S. Uh, in the MLS playoff race, right? Not necessarily making the playoffs, but you automatically qualify for the possibility of making it to the playoffs. Uh, when you make it to the Concacaf Champions League. You actually have to win a trophy before you get there. So that was just one step in the right direction for that. But if well, they almost
2: always, yeah. Austin have season there this year. And I think they finished like third in the East or third uh, in the West.
1: Th- that was third. a technicality. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the point of the matter is, in terms of what you prioritize, it 100% is CONCACAF Champions League because mm-hmm. you don't know when you're going to be back there. There is there is no givens for when this team could make it another time to the Champions League. So you put all your eggs in that basket, I would say. Um, you have a deep squad. Time to taste, test that depth early on. Second game, throw some guys out there. Get your, your main guys that you really feel like can contend with Tigres rested up and ready to go on Tuesday. And then you get to play D.C. United. That next weekend. So again, this is what you signed all these players for Mm -hmm. to bring in all this rotation, bring all the the squad depth in. The issue is a lot of these guys are probably going to go to Oscar and say, I'm good. You know, I'll play all three games. I'm fine. I feel great. And who's Oscar to say, no, I don't believe you feel great. He's their coach. That's who he is. Mm. He's, right. he, he's the one who makes that call. But here's the thing. Historically speaking with Oscar,
0: has he made that call? I I mean, we don't know. We don't know what players are telling him behind the scenes.
1: No, I'm just talking about in terms of rotation. Oh, how often well, have you seen
0: the squad uh, rotated how often has over there the been course depth? of that? How often has there been depth to rotate? It's a chicken before the egg situation. Like You can't rotate if you don't have right. the depth to rotate. Correct. Again it really is just kind of a wait and see situation
2: i mean i think the fact that one they have the depth but two you know you're early in the year so you're you're obviously not tired yet these guys however are not at peak fitness yet so you have to balance both of those things you know if somebody's playing you know if this was a month from now and, you know, peak fitness is kind of getting there, you could say, yeah, I can play 90 minutes and play 90, you know, and start again two days later. At this point, is it I can play 75 minutes and start again two days later? You know, like there's definitely a lot of questions that, you know, Oscar is obviously having to ask these guys what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like you said, the, the team has the players to be able to field a competitive squad against Cincinnati and still be ready to go at 100% you know on Tuesday. So I'm not necessarily worried about it. I think, you know, at the end of the day, they're they're going to field a competitive lineup to to face Cincinnati. It might not be all 11 first-choice starters, but the lineup's going to be competitive and I mean, we know that there's the talent on this team to at least go toe-to-toe with Cincinnati in any setting.
1: There you go. All right, well, enough Cincinnati talk cuz we're going to leave that for the preview show in a couple of days. So, any other notable things with Orlando City? Oh, yeah. Guys, one big news before we move on to the Pride. (laughs) Uh, And it's not 100% confirmed yet, but it's it's close. Uh, Facundo Torres, guys, uh, the guy who scored the only goal for Orlando City so far this year, um, could be here for a while, uh, according to one Fabrizio Romano. He says... That Facundo Torres will extend his contract with Orlando City until 2027, and in that contract, there is a 30 million dollar release clause.
2: Yeah, money, money, money. going
0: I was gonna say, that so seems to be. If a team, team, <laughs> if if a team wants we're... him, they got to fork it over. What is more likely that he plays with Orlando City until 2025? So not even the full length of this this rumored contract or that he gets sold for that 30 million
2: i mean just from the fact that yeah he went to the world cup with uruguay but he didn't play you know if you want to take his transfer market value into consideration it's only like eight million i mean orlando definitely they paid what 1.5 plus like a million and a half bonus they haven't tripled his valuation in one year of, of playing in Major League Soccer, scoring 11 unless, goals, or unless, goals or whatever.
1: Unless they've started hearing from teams and they've yeah, decided I, that this is, this is where they want to go with it.
2: Yeah. And I mean, then that's the other thing, too, is, you know, there's been a lot of rumors that Premier League teams, you know, specifically like Arsenal, have been in contact. And if the numbers that Orlando is getting now, it is possible that maybe someone's offered 15, 16 million, you know, someone highballed it. And Orlando is saying, well, if he's worth this now, he has another big year or, you know, another two big years. And, yeah, you know, 2027, especially by then, you would think he'll probably be in the prime of his career, maybe heading and actually playing at a World Cup here in the U.S. with Uruguay. Well, $30 so $30 million is it sounds like a pipe dream for Orlando, but it seems like it's to them if that's the case, they think that it's going to be realistically met within a few years.
0: So a couple things. A, he's not going to he's not going to be here to 2027. 20, he will probably not be in Orlando past next season if I'm being generous, which is a good thing. It's it's what we would like is that we Well, at this
2: point we thought he wasn't going to make see, it past this season, but locking it in for another 5 years.
0: Well, okay. Not locking it in though, because that's why the release clause is there. um I, I also think $30 million for a young Uruguayan winger is a very, very good price. That's a very fair price, typically for what we see younger South American players going for. I think the fact that he's already got 10 caps over the last two years, or I guess, really, like part of 2021 20, and 2022. This year, obviously, there's not been stuff. So having. Uh, Ten opportunities to play for the national team while being an MLS player is really impressive. I think there's there's enough there that that thirty million seems like a pretty fair price, especially really whether or not he has a ridiculously stellar year this year. Um, the report is that he was signed for for a club record nine million, so you're really like you said kind of tripling that value. But I think you also have to take into account the Premier League tax if it is a Premier League club that's coming in, which will likely be what it is. Um, And you also have to take into account, again, the fact, young South American player playing for his national team. I I think there's a lot there that that the chances of him lasting more than another uh, two full seasons is is extremely slim. But if you're Orlando and if you're an Orlando fan, that's what you want. You want the team to have done well enough that he is worth that money and someone is coming in for him. And then seeing what that club has done with money in the last season and a half you'll see that money reinvested in ways that will likely pay dividends again as well. So I think, I think it's a smart move. If it's, if that 30 million is the correct number, I feel like that's a pretty solid number. And I think that's, if your club, and I'm not saying it's going to be a club like Arsenal, it'll likely probably, you might see a a similar situation to Miguel Amarón going to a lesser named club. So but I think that thirty million almost guarantees that, that he'll be gone in the next two years, which again, if you're Orlando, that's a good thing. That means there's been enough success and he has done well enough to hopefully take the club to an even higher level and then goes on to that. But yeah, there's no way he sees out he's here till twenty twenty-seven and it's just yeah, not I mean,
2: happening. I kind of thinking of too like Orlando has built this roster this season was so much talent around him that you can only hope that it's going to unlock even more in him. You know, when he has the ability to start linking up regularly with Martino Hayden, and Gaston Gonzalez and Ramiro Enrique, and like all these guys are working together, all excelling in ways that he couldn't even before, you know, I mean, I think if you're Orlando city, you're betting on the fact that everything you have in place now is only going to push him towards that valuation, you know, quicker. Um, but, I mean, even in, in just the short term, it's awesome. it's great because, like I, you know, like I said, we all kind of expected, like when we were making our uh, preseason picks, like if Facundo's the highest scorer, it's contingent on the fact that he's actually here through the rest of the season. And now if you're Orlando City, you can kind of say, like, all right, at the very least, we feel pretty confident he's going to be here this season, maybe next, you know, probably all of next season. That's two full years of this group being able to work together and hopefully reach its potential together rather than – Things start to click, but a team comes calling with 15 million in the summer, and suddenly Fagundo's gone, and now you semi blow
0: it up a little bit by losing him. It is also yep. important to note that that 30 million is not like a like obviously they can negotiate lower for whatever reason if things do go poorly. So, oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, that that sets a pretty good baseline. That sets a good. I, I just I have a feeling he'll be on his way out within the next two years. And again, like that's that's what you'd like to see. like to see him do well and i think we'd all love to see him make that step up to to another to a top league and a top team because of what he's done for orlando and i think i think we'll see like you talked about seeing some of the pieces come together this year i think it'll be interesting to see how that all goes but yeah this is this is very clearly setting a like okay if you want him this is what it's going to take to come and get him and for him giving him a really firm like yeah we understand obviously you're going to want to make that step up at some point so here's what it's going to cost and clearly him and his agents are are agreeing to and his his team are agreeing to that and feel like that's a pretty fair price as well so
1: yeah and i will say like last year when i first met faku i asked him like you know aspirations what what like you do you see yourself playing overseas like when do you see that and he's like well sometime in the next five years i'd like to be playing overseas but for now i'm here and i want to be here course that was last year he had a great year he's still enjoying his time here but again you know he wants to be overseas playing at the the top level while he's still in his prime and i don't think that's a secret that's that's pretty well known like you want to be playing at the highest level possible and the highest competitions to be able to show yourself and so it's only a matter of time it's it's fairly inevitable it's just a matter of when and when it works out for both sides, because Orlando City is looking out for themselves, but they're also looking out for Faku. So, that's where we're looking at. And then, uh, just before we move on to the Pride, uh, I had a nice chat with Ramiro Enrique today. Uh, look for a story about that on the Orlando Soccer Journal coming up later this week. So, stay tuned.
2: I am looking forward to that.
1: Yeah. He's, he already uh, speaks English. That's good. So, he's... Uh, above uh, a lot of the other guys that have come into the the team uh, a lot of them have been learning english um <laughs> i remember well, according was... to jake moraney only five guys spoke english last year so <laughs> there's a lot more that spoke english uh yeah. I, I will say that uh there was one day at training that that faku just started saying happy birthday to everyone <laughs> i guess because he had just learned how to say happy birthday so he's just going to everyone and saying happy birthday <laughs> he went over. He went over to rob the the communications guy. He's like, "Happy birthday!" He's like, "It's not my birthday!" He's like, "Happy birthday!" <laughs> so, fuck is a good guy. He's he's fun. But uh, yeah, that's all for Orlando City that I got to talk about. So let's move on to the Orlando Pride guys. They um, well they played against the Kansas City Current in their only open preseason game of the season. They won two nothing. Julie Doyle scored the first goal within the first minute, 40 seconds in, to be specific. Uh, Rookie Messiah Bright, a very bright start for the team, pun definitely meant. She was very good throughout the entire time that she played. She is officially unsigned, but I don't see that happening for very long. And the other goal was scored by Allie Watt, who scored two minutes after coming into the game. And another rookie, Summer Yates. Had the assist. Summer was also really good. Very impressed with her. Um, those are definitely two rookies that are currently on side uh, that I would look out for. Just in terms of the, the rest of the team, you still had a lot of the kind of non roster invitees that uh, played. Kanya Plummer, who was formerly with the Pride, was actually on the team and training with the team. So she was kind of brought back in and has played a little bit of time towards the end of the game. Uh, Thais Hayes, same deal, played with the team last year, came back as a non-roster invitee, actually scored against UCF, which we'll get into that in a second. But uh, they also brought in Malia Morris, who was a Clemson alum, just graduated, didn't get drafted. Uh, Channing Foster, who most recently played for the Chicago Red Stars, and McKinley Crone, who... Is from Edgewater High School here in Orlando, played at Alabama, and is one of the, if not the, all time leader in minutes played in NCAA women's soccer ever. So, some notable non roster invitees. And then Emily Madrill is the one other player, but she's been signed as a rookie. She looked solid as a center back, starting alongside Megan Montefusco. I really didn't have anything bad to say about her. She talked after the games. Professional in every sense of the word, and just very impressive. So that's um, that's pretty much all I got for uh, that game. But again, it's preseason; can't really read too much into it. Outside of that, they just played against UCF again, another two nothing win. So uh, every single preseason game that they have played thus far has been shutouts. Say with that what you will. Again preseason as we know those games and the results don't matter however you do take a little bit out of that and say okay well you know they lost their starting goalkeeper and they've had three straight shutouts in preseason that's not bad the question is who's going to be their starting goalkeeper at this point it's anna morehouse probably her job to lose so we'll see but in terms of the game today fine They played UCF, who they're in the midst of their spring season, so they're not 100% up to snuff. But a lot of the players that didn't play a lot in the last game against Kansas City played. So you had Haley Bajaya, who was just on international duty with Malta. She started the game. Uh, Caitlin Cosme, who missed all of last year due to injury, she started. Uh, A couple of other non-roster invitees started. And... Through the first half, nothing really happened, uh, and then Thais Hayes got the goal to start things off in the second half. That was after they brought in Erica Timrak, Mega Montefusco, McKinley Crone, etc. That was pretty much the majority of the game, then Haley Bajea scored towards the end. 2 nothing, Standard stuff. Nothing too much to write home about in terms of the game, however, there was some news involving the Pride today. And by today, I mean Tuesday. That is notable that I feel like we should talk about because there was a, a, lo- a big issue with it last year. And, and the, the team said, all right, let's fix it. And so they had a nice little video uh, of players reading mean tweets about the lunatic from last year because nobody could read the numbers. And so they decided, OK, switch out the gray numbers. We're going all all black numerals and black shorts. So, the Pride are now the first NWSL team to update to Dark Shorts due to period concerns, uh, continuing their investment in providing first-class player experience and care. And Haley Carter, the new GM of the Pride, uh, I remember talking to her about just doing some of the little things to make the Pride players feel listened to. And this was one of those things. It's a small change, but... It, it really does speak volumes in terms of the the care that the team is showing to their female athletes, where it's like, hey, I still get worried about playing in white shorts when I've got my period. Can we please change that? And so they said, yes, let's change that. So now they're all dark shorts with white numerals on the shorts and then white shirt, uh, white jersey with black numerals.
0: Yeah, I mean obviously obviously being able to see the numbers is is cool from a fan perspective. Like, yeah, you know, it'd be nice and we all made the jokes too, but I think the bigger thing is like when the players have a complaint about something and a very valid complaint to see the club address it is is really nice and to know that it's it's not just an issue unique to the Orlando Pride, it's obviously a an issue that's been discussed throughout the women's soccer at all levels and just so to see it finally getting addressed is is nice i imagine it's been an issue that's been talked about for a lot longer than you know just just recently so to see it addressed now is nice and i'm sure we will be seeing other teams from from various levels of the competition follow suit Which will be nice.
2: Yeah. And you mentioned um, that it's, you know, a a women's thing. I think what's specifically mentioned by the Pride is that according to the Women's Sports Foundation, uh, by the age of 18, girls drop out of sports at twice the rate of boys, with puberty being a contributing factor. Um, So part of what they're doing is that all girls' teams within the women's or, or within the organization's youth structure. Um, are going to are going to make this change as well for both practice and games a standard that will remain uh, moving forward to reflect the change by the Pride. So I mean that's you know it's not just for the, the you know the Pride the NWSL team, but this is something that they are, are taking on head on um, and and you know owning this problem and and trying to address it throughout the entire organization and hopefully have a lasting effect all the way down to you know the youth teams that they that they employ.
1: Yep, and and uh Haley carter actually did a thing with women's health where she said when you alleviate the stress around the week of your period you're improving the performance environment you're also normalizing conversations around period and how menstruation can influence athlete performance and how culturally we can navigate those conversations with players it's a simple no-brainer change that somehow has just been completely kind of overlooked you know again Credit to Haley Carter and the work that she's done. A lot of people from a lot of the parts of the organization that I've heard have been very uh, complimentary of her and what she's been able to do. Even Mark Wilf said like she's an incredible human being and I really love her tenacity and uh, the drive that she's been showing. He was very complimentary of her as well. Of course, he had a big part in the hiring process as well. He interviewed her uh, because he does genuinely care about the pride. He was wearing a scarf when I talked to him the other day before the home opener for Orlando City and the one side was Orlando City and the other side was Pride. You know, he wants equal coverage and equal understanding between Orlando City and the Pride. This is another good step in the right direction to to make sure that players are listened to. And it's it's as simple as that. Just like they're listening to the fans, the club is now listening to their players, which seems pretty standard.
2: Yeah, I had a moment earlier that I was thinking about, and, you know, it's obviously commendable for the Pride for taking this. And, and also, like putting it out there like, hey, we did this, but at the same time, it's kind of like at this point in time in 2023, you know, sports teams shouldn't have to brag about the fact that they listened to women, you know, like it, <laughs> and that's not to say that the, you know, the pride have obviously been, you know, they've been doing bad things this whole time, but, you know, as sports and they are the team that is like leading this effort right now. Um, At least in the NWSL, you know, it's just kind of shows how far, you know, women's sports still has to go in terms of just being treated, you know, equally, you know, forget pay and, and facilities, you know, equality and all that just being treated like actual people, actual athletes with needs and things that they, you know, the things that have to be taken care of just to be on the same level that, you know, men's teams are consider men's athletes are considered to be at so but you know it's a long way to go
1: but you know these are good steps so again credit to the pride organization for taking that step forward Uh, and i'm sure broadcasters are also cheering on that fact that now (laughs) they can actually read the numbers on the backs of the jerseys i remember calling a pride game thankfully it was a home game last year it was the kansas city game um and i remember talking to somebody who was calling another NWSL game, and they were like, how do you know who the players are? I'm like, well, I show up to training, so that helps. Uh, but for those who uh, do who do not know what the backs of players' heads look like, uh, good best of luck to you. I think it'll be a lot easier for a lot of people, and for fans, too, because, you know, there were people in the, in the stadium that were like, who's that again? And if you don't pay enough attention to the team, and you're just kind of a casual follower, you're not going to know. So, good on them. Now, before we wrap up the rest of the show, we've got the Central Florida Crusaders, who played this weekend as well. Uh, that game was wild. And by that game, I mean both games. So, the Crusaders came into the game, the men's side, who played first, uh, best team in the entire NISL. They took on the worst team in the NISL, which is the Tampa Bay Strikers, and um, they switched out their goalkeeper, did the Crusaders. They kind of switched up their lineup a little bit, and so did Tampa Bay. They brought in some, some ringers to play the game, and it was a very competitive one. It was very back and forth through the entirety of the game. Ended up going into overtime. Uh, Central Florida actually got outscored in the first half 6-4, to four, then outscored the uh, strikers 7-6 to six in the second half. So it ended up being 11-all heading into overtime. And then Eduardo Cruz scored the game winner, which is a golden goal scenario. So they won 12-11. to 11. They are 3-0, and best team in the league. Not only that, but their star striker, who is a former Orlando Seawolf player, Rafa Tobias, he had six goals uh, on the afternoon. Uh, currently he has 12 on the season and he has 18 points, which means he has six assists to go along with his 12 goals. I'd say that's pretty good. Yeah, I'd say so. That's, uh, that's on the the men's side, right? They're, they're pretty good. Women's side came into this game struggling. Not only had that, they'd not won a game so far this year, but also they <laughs> did not have a goalkeeper. Their first-choice keeper signed a contract with Costa Rica, with Saprisa, so she's gone. Their second-choice goalkeeper was out at a work conference. And their third goalkeeper tore her ACL. So they had to resort to Bridget Callahan, former Pride midfielder, as their goalkeeper. And then Bridget got hurt midway through the game. Now, at to this point... Bridget had only conceded two goals. It was second quarter, midway through the second quarter. So she was actually doing really well. Uh, had a big couple big saves. She has to go out. And then they're on their fourth keeper now. Sorry, no, they're on their fifth keeper now. Which is their forward, Mona Rodriguez. She plays the rest of the game in goal. It was 3-0 at the half. And... In the second half, things started changing around for the women's team. They all, all of a sudden started kind of hitting a stride and ended up tying the game and then taking the lead. So they actually outscored Tampa Bay six goals to three in the second half. Four of those goals coming in the fourth quarter. They were actually up six to four with a minute and 12 seconds left. And then Tampa Bay scored... To make it six to five. And then a violation on a throw in by the field player playing goalkeeper gave them a free kick from about two feet out. They banged it. Game is tied. Right? So then it goes to overtime. Five minutes. Golden goal scenario. First person to score wins. You'd assume Tampa Bay, who had a full contingent of players against a fifth string backup field player playing goalkeeper, would be able to score. No, they didn't. It went to a shootout. A penalty shootout. And in that penalty shootout, the Crusaders switch goalkeepers again. So now they're on their sixth goalkeeper officially. And they switch to Olivia Gonzalez, who is the league leader in goals. So they turn to her as a goalkeeper. First penalty that she faces, she saves. Second one is missed. Third one, she saves. And the Crusaders win. Nicole DePurna scores the only goal in the shootout, and the Crusaders win their first game of the season, and I don't think I've ever seen anything crazier than that game. Oh, and also, in that game, uh, head coach Tom Traxer and assistant coach Eduardo Cruz got red cards. So they finished the game without a coach. Sounds, sounds about right. Why do
2: drugs when you can just watch the MISL?
1: NISL. National N-I-S-S-L. Indoor Soccer League. Yeah it was certainly on one I will I will put it that way so anyways uh, next game funny enough is uh, this weekend on Saturday at the same time as the city game you're going to be playing the Columbus Rapids so choose wisely when you're getting your uh,
2: evening programming so
1: yeah
0: good thing none of us had to make that choice
1: <laughs> hmm 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 tragic okay guys uh <laughs> let's wrap up the show shall we give me your weird news for this week oh do i
0: have weird news
1: kyle i feel like every single time i introduce this segment that is the exact
0: answer that you give me i'm not saying our slash not the onion is just already one of my herma opened tabs on my computer <laughs> and my phone but it definitely is uh so i've got a great one for us this week uh ap has has done some fact checking the associated press thank you very much ap for this very important fact check because it is important to note that no constipation does not kill more people than rifles in the united states i guess it's fair to say whoever made this claim is full of shit i hate it is there because they're constipated yeah yeah just making sure making sure we understood the joke (laughs) yeah
2: gavin austin there are two things in this world that i truly hate people that are intolerant of other cultures other people's cultures and the dutch (laughs) so this story brings us to a dutch cop who was he uh, recently joked on social media about a moment that he had while he was driving that he was concerned um, a city uh, Nord Brabant, I guess, in the Netherlands was the subject of international espionage. Hmm. He says during my surveillance rounds, my eyes fell on a suspected spy balloon above my neighborhood. I decided to keep following the balloon and it soon became clear that the balloon was hanging over the Se- Sealson District uh, He decided to pull his car over uh, uh, To investigate <clears throat> And then After uh, Once he cleaned He cleaned clean Alright well the the article just gets right into it It was bird shit that was on his window So uh, <laughs> the cop thought that he was looking at a spy balloon um, And it was bird It was bird poop on the windshield
1: Wow That is uh, truly unfortunate hmm. Yeah, little, uh,
2: Good old Dutchman.
1: <laughs> any red cards this week? <laughs> or any play playing or advantages, one? guys? I, I, I'm I up like, for
0: either. I feel like this is like the multiple whatever um, umpteenth time in a row where I've had an advantage to play, but I'd like to preemptively play an advantage, I suppose, because I haven't actually seen the movie yet. I will probably have seen it well, I think I'm going to go see it Friday, so I'll have seen it by the end of the week. But I'm going to give a playing advantage to Michael B. Jordan, the upcoming mm-hmm. Creed 3, also starring mm-hmm. Jonathan Majors. Very, uh, Been been watching a lot of his things, been on a kick. The Harder They Fall is a, a good one with him, and then Devotion, which he did last year with Glenn Powell. Is super good. Um, but he said that when directing Creed 3, this is his first time directing. The previous ones were done by, I believe, I'm not going to talking correctly so i'm looking it up to share uh the fir- the second one was directed by stephen capel jr the first one was written or directed by ryan kugler that's what it was. i knew ryan kugler directed one of them but he only directed he only directed the first one so this is michael b jordan's directorial I believe directorial debut i guess i suppose i shouldn't say that incorrectly either but it's at least his first feature film that he's directing and he said a lot of the fight scenes and a lot of the story beats were inspired by his love for anime and there's mm-hmm. a lot of really cool things in there and some things he said that are really exciting there's a lot of th- he talks specifically about a, an anime fight there's just a lot of cool there's a lot of cool things i'm very excited to see So play advantage to michael b jordan for uh, normalizing being a complete and total weeb also appreciate the fact that somebody that he apparently went to high school with tried to like bring that up on the red carpet and he was like yeah you used to bully me and obviously that person had to awkward be like, no, no, of course not. So that's great. Michael B. Jordan. What a, what a, what a man playing advantage, a a, a lifetime advantage to him. Hmm. All right. Gavin,
2: I am going to also give a preemptive playing advantage. Although by the time this episode uh, publishes and people are listening to it, it will already be out. But, uh, the Mandalorian season three premiering on, uh, Wednesday, so very excited You're for that. You're actually
0: gonna like be current with a Star Wars show, with with any I show. Watch it tomorrow.
2: <laughs> probably won't have the time to watch it on Wednesday, but Thursday I will watch. it. I would Thursday say watch,
0: watching it within up. the first seven days of an episode dropping for you is monumental.
2: Yeah, I don't want to. <sighs> have you seen all the movies earn, yet? I don't want to. I don't want to go in double footed on this challenge, but I'm going to do it anyway. I still haven't finished Andor yet, so I'm working you...
0: on that you wow i'm red card to gavin fire yeah
1: gavin. that's my no that's my red card that's my red card the fire gavin thing is a, as much as he tries to get away from it he still keeps coming back to it i'm sorry gavin but you you just you keep getting those those pink slips
2: I'm just so busy, guys. I, I would have
0: I would have understood more if you just hadn't started it. The fact that you've started it and not finished cuz like the last of us, I'm <laughs> sure you haven't started, which you should cuz it's great, but you probably haven't uh, started I don't care it yet. For zombies. So like that's fine. It, uh no. there's not really we'll talk more off air, but there there's not for people that are like, "Oh, I don't want to watch it. It's a zombie show." There's only a couple moments so far where there's been things like that. It's not it's way more focused it's about on the, the story. Human, yeah, it's way more focused on the human condition and the human interactions. So I I will say as someone who also does not enjoy being like, I don't enjoy like creepy things, but giant wuss just do not enjoy scary. It's much less of that and more human interaction. But yeah, red card, red cards, uh, lifetime red cards for Gavin for myriad reasons. (laughs) All right.
1: Now I'm working on it before we end the show. We did uh, actually, we kind of pulled the room in our, discord and yes guys we have a discord uh keep forgetting you should join to actually, it
0: like mention yeah you can talk with us about stuff talk with other cool orlando fans i got a lot of dope people in here you can ask questions for the pod a couple which we've already answered a couple which we may answer now putting a, yes. a very good one that just got put in for austin
1: yeah what's your favorite new food from the stadium from ron um i i'd have to say it's either teak or black rooster those are probably my two in terms of the like taste tests
0: that i had um, if you I had to if tried, you had to I've... if if you had to pay for one, so let's not go like Ooh. ones that would provide if you had to pay for food at the stadium, what would you teak.
1: okay, their burgers are top tier.
0: This the, is... the drunken
1: monk is what I tried and it is very good. I have had teak before at their restaurant in Maitland. It is like the best burger that I've had in a while. They're just very unique,
0: a lot of different flavor combinations. very good. This is not a sponsored segment, but if they would like to sponsor us, we will, of course, not say no. They're already sponsoring Orlando City, basically. But but not That's us. That's That was more, though. Yeah, fair enough.
1: The other question was from Mr. Technological. Uh, with all the recent green cards, can we get an update on the international slots? So that I'll have to get back to you on because that is complicated. Uh, I can tell you that Facundo, Urchon, and Gaston do not a- occupy international roster spots. I have to clarify with the team and the league in terms of who actually takes up international spots. I do know for a fact that Cesar Araujo does take up an international roster spot. I cannot make guarantees on anybody else uh, that could be questioned, put it that way. So, this is that, a uh, question
0: that will be answered in the discord which we will make sure to promote out so if you'd like to know the answer to that question you will be able to find that first in the discord and then we will talk about it on next week's episode there you go that's Good incentive that's the enjoy. way i'm looking yeah Good. What?
1: look at that look. marketing genius Kyle look boy. at
0: look, look at me that's what they that's what they call me they call me the genius guy the guy with the genius things yeah genius,
1: genius things all right uh i guess on on that note y'all ready to head on out yeah,
0: I'm gonna go watch Andor just to spite Gavin.
2: Just, just in time to also get under an hour. So you know, breaking records over here.
0: Yeah, well, I did say 30 to 45
1: minutes, so we still went long. <laughs> as we do, I set the bar low, and then we get higher, and then it's like, yeah, it's not as bad. But, anyways, so for Kyle Foley and Gavin Eubank, I'm Austin David. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. We'll see you next week or shall I say later this week for the preview between Orlando city and Cincinnati. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you later.